Crack fans to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have a fantastic interview for all of you listeners today as we are joined by the newest addition to the WTA Top 100 Singles Rankings, a player Cracked fans may remember best as a multi-time national champion during her playing career at the University of Texas. Of course, I'm referring to Peyton Stearns, who joins us on the podcast here today to discuss what breaking into the top 100 means to her. Of course, we also had to chat about her reaching her first WTA Tour level final in Bogota, how all of the success she's had over the past year has forced her to adjust her goals, her plans for 2023, and so much more. It is a fantastic conversation that I am certain all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, a massive thank you to Peyton for taking the time to chat with us here at Crack Rackets once again. Before we get to the interview, though, got to tell all of you listeners about the support we get from our dear friends at Turna. That's right. Turna's back as a supporting partner here of the Cracked Interviews podcast feed. And look, all of you listeners who play tennis know exactly what a Turner grip looks like. You know exactly how effective Turner grips are in helping you perform your best whenever you step onto the court. Simply put, a Turner grip is synonymous with what, in my opinion, tennis players think everywhere a grip should look like. And look, the fact is, Turner Grip's only getting better as they've created a longer-lasting version of their original Turner Grip, a more durable version of that original Turner Grip as well. It's called their Turner Tough Grip. And simply put, it's the same gold standard sweat absorption as Turner Grip. You get that same dry feel. It still gets tackier when you sweat, and perhaps most importantly, you still have that trademarked blue color on your racket as well. If you didn't like the original Turner Grip for its durability, give Turner Tough a try. Stop blowing on your hands between every point and use a grip that absorbs your sweat properly. Turn to our friends at Turner today. Turner Tough, Turner Tough, Turner Tough. You get the point. Six years of R&D went into making the Turner's latest grip innovation, Turner Tough. Try it yourself today. You can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. We are so happy to have Turner back as a supporting partner here at Crack Rackets. The least we can do is ask you to support them as well. Turn to the new Turner Tough Grip today. With all of that said, let's get to it. Here is my conversation with the one and only Peyton Stearns. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The amazing Mr. Please, please, please himself. 
Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on this show, fresh off of her first career WTA Tour level final in Bogota. She's also now a top 100 singles player in the world. Welcome back onto the show, 2022 NCAA singles champion, two-time NCAA team champion. The list of accolades are just too long, so I'll just say welcome onto the show, Peyton Stearns. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having me back on here. Oh, it is a pleasure to get the chance to speak with you. And let's just get right into it. First tour level final. What do you do to celebrate a moment like that? Um, After the match, I went out and got a big cookie with a big scoop of ice cream <laughs> on it and uh, flew home the next day. <laughs> yeah, is, it, is it that quick? Because I am curious. Obviously, I'm talking to you now. I know you're in Florida. You're right back on the training grind. But a moment like that, you know, you're about a year removed now from winning that NCAA title, leaving college, and you're already inside the top 100. I know there was the stat tweeted out, the fastest to do it since Lisa Raymond back in the early 90s. You know, has that sunk in? over the course of the past week, or is it kind of all one whirlwind? No, um, it really sunk in. Not so much the night of the match, <laughs> but uh, I was traveling all day Monday, and I took Tuesday off, and, and those two days it really like sunk in, and I kind of enjoyed it and milked it as much as I could, and uh, <laughs> came to the courts on Wednesday and then got right back to business because there's more to be done. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, for you, you make that choice to go down to Bogota. I believe that's the first red clay professional event of your career. At <laughs> Was it Tatiana? I'm laughing as I'm thinking of the question. Was it the sixth forehand slice or the 60th forehand slice from Tatiana Maria where you're like, you know what? I'm kind of done with these clay courts. But, <laughs> you know, more broadly, I'm curious, what, what was your experience like down in Bogota? Um, it was awesome. Uh, I, that's my first uh, pro event outside of the United States, actually. Uh, I played some junior events out of the States, but never anything professionally. So it's kind of exciting getting to, you know, have that milestone in my career. And I know going into it, the altitude was uh, really high. <laughs> Everyone kept telling me the altitude is terrible. That's why, you know, not a lot of people go. Um, but I really enjoyed it, I think. Going into it, I accepted that it's not going to be amazing tennis, but it's not going to be amazing tennis from anyone. It's, you know, it's who who's going to compete harder and fight, and, and that's really all that matters. So that's – I took the controllables, and I went from there, and it really got me far. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was working. And I want to follow up on a couple of things there. You mentioned it. First pro event outside of the United States, and – it's not as though you haven't been playing a ton of events, and I want to ask you about that later, but what in the schedule, what made that decision the choice for you where, you know what, I'm going to go down to South America, I'm going to try something different. Why was that the move for you right now? So I was in the main draw of Bogota and the qualifying of Charleston, and we thought, you know, I'm in the main draw of the WT250, like, you have to go play, you know? Who cares if it's bad conditions? Uh, it's the experience, and I was—I've been playing very well, so I thought I'd give it a shot. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the altitude. Watching your play throughout the course of the event, and I 
did my homework and made sure to watch all those matches here this morning as well. The forehand was flying. And I'm curious, how, like, was it fun being in that altitude? And, you know, again, are you dealing more with the altitude? Or are you dealing more with the red clay? What's the more difficult adjustment? I'd say the altitude. I, I actually enjoy the red clay, um, surprisingly, I guess, as an American. Yeah. Um, but I like it a lot better than green clay. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just like the way I can move on it and finesse, but also hit the forehand and it goes. So, But no, the altitude was definitely tougher than the, the clay, more so because if you try to hit heavy, that ball is hitting the fence. Like, yeah. <laughs> you cannot hit heavy. Um, I think there is a point where I got lobbed and I just threw the ball up. And normally, like, it probably lands short. And I was like, wait a second, you're in altitude. And it landed in. And I was like, that's insane. But the ball just <laughs> flew like crazy. Yeah. No, it was fun to watch. And, you know, again, having watched a ton of your time in college and even a little bit before that, you've always had a serve, a forehand that have been able to you've been able to use to assert yourself in just about any match that you've played. You know, you've now been on the pro tour for a year and credit to you, you know, since college tennis ended and we'll say you played 40 matches and be generous during the college tennis season. You've played 85, excuse me, 75 pro matches in the 12 months since. That's a ton of tennis on the body in the past year. And, you know, again, I am curious, just from a level perspective, do you think those weapons you have, how have they translated to, you know, the professional game? Um, I think they're doing a lot of damage. Hmm. Um, and I think, you know, other players see now uh, I have a big weapon, uh, yeah, sure. forehand especially. But not only that, I think I wouldn't even call them weaknesses, but like the backhand, the slice, uh, volleys, and, and that kind of shots, those have gotten so much better that like if they hit to my backhand, they're not getting freebies like they used to a year or two ago. Like before, I, I missed the second backhand every point. Like mm -hmm. I just couldn't, you know. Now, like, they're solid. They're there. And I feel like that kind of causes stress, and, and it's made my game race a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting to hear you say that because, and I know it was the match, you know, Tatiana gets you in three sets in that final, but in the second set, you hit, like, a backhand short-angle cross-court pass. And I was like, that's new. I was like, I haven't <laughs> seen that one before. And, you know, I I'm curious, when you're facing someone like Maria, who was just – chopping it up like trying to make that match to her credit as ugly as possible as competitive as possible you know what what how do you approach that match now because I feel like in the past you would have tried to maybe just hit your way through it and that's not what you did and I know obviously 6-4 in the third but you were right there is it a different approach in those matches for you now yeah um I think especially mentally you know a year or two ago I'd go out to these matches trying to clobber the ball and trying to end it within the first two, three shots and not willing to work the point. And now I realize that I can really work the point with my weapons and it takes more out of my opponent than me. Um, and I felt like, you know, in Bogota, uh, some of the matches like that went three in the quarters and the semis, I felt like I ran down the players because of how much I worked the points. 
they they were they were trying to they were the ones now trying to clobber the ball and go for a lot instead of working the point with me. So I think that's helped a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned the fitness as well, and if you'll allow me to say, I think the biggest difference between your freshman and sophomore year, because you were hitting the tennis ball huge as a freshman as well, but you were just doing it more consistently and you were there from start to finish in matches. I do feel like, though, you've taken things to another level. And I'm curious throughout the course of this year, because again, you're playing 75 matches. I don't know where you're finding time for a training block, but credit to you for doing it. Uh, How big of, you know, how much have you stressed fitness in your development here in your first year on tour a lot um you know when I left school uh you know I I played a lot of tournaments and I was more focused on the tennis aspect you know the the shots and whatnot and when preseason came around uh working with my new coach Gabby since I left school we took I think uh after Midland all the way up to the 25 in Naples the second week of January off Mm-hmm. Um, fixed the weight of my racket. Uh, I took time off for a week, went, did a fitness block for two and a half weeks, like crazy. Um, and now this year, because of that, I have a program set up for when, um, for match, like match day or a couple of days before the tournament, I'm still working out, just not super intense, but staying fit. And I think that's played a huge part. And I've strengthened up the weaknesses in my body, especially during preseason. And I think it's like night and day difference. Mm-hmm. Do you notice it? You feel it on the court? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I can maintain that higher level longer. Mm-hmm. Are you, in terms of maintaining, because again, 75 matches. Well, let's just address that. And I'm going to swear. How the f*** are you playing 75 matches after a 40-match college season? Like, how are you walking still is my question. And I guess the the more broadly, it's, you know, why? Are you someone who just, you want to play? Like, is it as simple as that? Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, if I don't want to play a tournament, I don't play. I'm very <laughs> one of those players. I'm all in or all out. I don't just go to play a tournament just to, you know, go play and see how I, see how I do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, after... Miami um I was kind of feeling a little drained mentally um and I was like you know what I was supposed to play 25 before Bogota I think I was like it's best if I don't go play the 25 I, I want to go home for a couple days and then give it my own Bogota I'm I'm very I think that that helps a lot knowing how I feel knowing what I want to do um because I think if I went to the 25 I wouldn't have the result in Bogota like I just did yeah and now that you've had that result I know I'm talking to you. You're in Florida. You come straight off the practice court. Shout out to you as always. Um, do you now 88 in the in the live rankings? I was looking earlier today. Obviously, it changes what becomes available to you. Those 25 Ks, maybe they become 100 Ks or whatever it may be. Have you already sat down and reevaluated your schedule moving forward now, just given the opportunities you may have? Yeah, uh, definitely. The schedule has really opened up it's a lot easier to know what I'm playing uh you know a couple weeks ago where my rank was like 120 or whatnot it's it's kind of tough to make a schedule because you don't know what you'll get in and and now being 88 I know you know I'm at least in the qualifying of the thousands and whatnot it's it's a lot easier (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I bet and so you mentioned not playing much out of North America 
first of all, is the passport up to date? I feel like for both you and Ben, we should have made sure. Like, all right, let's get the passports updated. <laughs> we got to get ready to roll. Um, is there a European trip in your future? Yes, it's coming up here soon. I'm gonna go over there in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm super, I'm super excited to go over there. Yeah, I mean, have you been to Europe before? Just casual. I was gonna say as Peyton Stearns, like not tennis player, but Peyton Stearns <laughs> human. Like, have you had a European experience before? So I played uh, all the junior slams. Sure. So I got to go there for those, but uh, that was five years ago. Yeah. So it's it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Well, the, is the fam coming with? Because I know the Stearns clan sticks tight. Oh yeah, very. Yeah, I think they're all gonna come for the the slam. Maybe okay. maybe a forehand, but uh, they're they're all gonna come for that one for sure. No, that's awesome. And I know now you are putting in a training block. You mentioned it, first red clay experience as a pro. I mean, you're based in Florida. Are you able to find red clay courts to train on? What does this training block look like as you be? I mean, you played plenty of green clay tennis over the course of the past year, but do things differ a little bit now that you are looking to go over to the European red clay? Yeah, a little bit. I'm playing the 100 in Charleston next week. So okay. right now I'm training on green clay, and then I'll come back, and uh, uh, I have a week, maybe play Bonita, uh, maybe not. We'll see, you know, what's going on because uh, I want to go over to Europe, you know, at least a week before the tournament to get adjusted for uh, the time zone. That's going to be huge, and uh, also getting used to the red clay. But until I go over there, I'll be training on green clay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it is it a does it translate like a, a, you just had the experience? It seemed like you were pretty prepared. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all mental. I think okay. <laughs> it's clay. Clay is clay. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, very. If you have if you have the right mindset going into it, you won't be as phased as much as you would be if you think, oh, they're so different. Like this is gonna stink. Kind yeah. of thing. No, and. You know, it's so interesting to hear because you're really only a year into this, right, full-time. And, you know, I was looking it up, and just for people who don't know, I mentioned that 75-match number since leaving college, 55-20 and 20 overall, which is ridiculous. I think you've made 15 different quarterfinals. Obviously, that's a lot of success. I'm sure that helps mentally. Um, what has been, as you've made that transition to pro tennis, you know, are is it that different? From the collegiate world, what have been the biggest differences for you in your first year? I think the biggest difference, you know, in college, you have a support team around you 24-7. Like, you have, you know, a physio, a trainer, three coaches, uh, teammates who want you to do well. You know, coming off, your circle goes down to, like, less than five people. Um, You know, it's, it's tough starting out. You know, unless you're making big bucks, you can't you can't have a big team around you. So I think that's the biggest thing right now. Mm -hmm. Is it helpful for you? Because just looking through who you've played over the past year, I see players like the Ashley Leahy's. Obviously, I'm sure you're like, look, I don't want to play Emma Navarro anymore. I'm good. Like not until (laughs) maybe not until a slam. Like we'll play at slams only, but we're good everywhere else. Um, Do you feel like there's a, a pack of former collegiate athletes again then has that made the transition a little easier that you see so many familiar faces yeah i think so you know everyone's battling it out um Mm -hmm. as you said emma i i think it's really neat you know that you have past two ncaa champs like Mm -hmm. both top 125 in the world like that's that's crazy um and i've already played her twice this year 
So ho- hopefully we don't play again until like the slams. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a Charleston first round match. I'll just yeah, pencil that, it in that, now. <laughs> that's a battle. That's it's always been a battle with her, but it's enjoyable to play for sure. Mm-hmm. Is it? You know, again, uh, is it weird? Like you play Lulu Sun, I think, in Rome at the start of the year. How weird is that matchup for you, or is it pretty normal at this point? Be like, look, it's pro tennis. Like it's going to be what it is. Um. I think I've gotten better at it, you know, um, before the match, I almost have to like not think about who I'm playing because otherwise, sure. you know, it's, it's tough, especially her being my teammate, um, and whatnot. But, you know, as soon as we're done with the match, we're like tight, you know, I give her a hug. We talked, it's, it's tennis. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to adjust to that kind of thing. And it's going to happen a lot more in the future where you play people, you know, you're friends with and, uh, it's it's you can't be friends during the match but you can be nice and then after you know you're done yeah well that's why like it's interesting to me to come full circle here you played your first year pretty much only in the u.s or not pretty much it was only in the u.s uh why like why just stay here um you know when i first came out i had to talk my parents and with gabby and you know my mom likes to say throw her in with the sharks because <laughs> there's a lot of good players here. And if I'm not winning here, my mom said, you don't, you don't get to go somewhere else. That's how it is. You, you got to win and you got to prove yourself. And once you prove yourself, then we'll, we'll pay for you to go other places, but you're not going to go play a 25 and 10 buck two and win it and get easy points and then have a rude awakening when you're not winning and you're, you know, a top ranked player. They, they they were very adamant about you're going to earn your way up there. You know, you're going to work through the process of playing these matches, feeling the grind, and then see where you are. And it worked out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, again, it's a credit to you for keeping your head down. And, you know, you had some pro uh, appearances and experiences. Obviously, you got to play U.S. Open main draw last year. You uh, got to get in through uh, qualifying uh, in Cincinnati through a wild card, and you got to play Cleveland as well. But I'm curious, that Austin experience, to get to be a wild card in your college city, get to make your first quarterfinal there, what was that like in February? That was insane. Uh, it, it really brought back the college days, you know, Cincinnati's my hometown and I love that. And I love that tournament to death. Uh, it's one of my favorites, but, uh, the atmosphere in Austin was, uh, like no other because you have diehard Longhorn fans, you know, mm-hmm. throwing up the hookums and, and, and just going crazy, uh, when I would win points and it was almost like a college match. Yeah. It did feel like you were, I mean, there was broad recognition like this is University of Texas's Peyton Stearns, right? Like that was probably, I mean, no disrespect to the Cincinnati crowd, but that felt like a home crowd. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. The, I was feeding off of that energy for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for you to get to go from there, you know, you go straight to Indian Wells, you win a first round match there. Talk to me about the three-setter about Andrescu because obviously she's someone who's won a slam title. You're right there in that match. You take the first set. You know, how did you feel your game held up at that level? I felt like I was right there. Um, you know, um, a little bit of inexperience during that match showed on my end, and she's a very experienced player. Uh, so I think at the end of the day, that's, you know, what got her through. But that's just being on tour for a while and, and knowing when to do what kind of thing. So 
I was happy with the result, happy with how I played. And as long as you learn from it, it's not really a loss, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you go back and watch the film from a match like that? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I – this is going to sound really bad, but I don't watch <laughs> tennis on TV. <laughs> okay, sure. I, growing up, I never I never did. I'd much rather go play tennis. Sure. Um, but in the past couple of months, you know, I found that I enjoy re-watching my matches just to see, you know – how I reacted to something happening or maybe I could have done this or that. And I'm starting to watch a lot more and other players, especially because I now will be playing them. But uh, it's, 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 yeah, I definitely go back and rewatch the matches, especially in Bogota. I've been watching those the past couple of days. (laughs) Yeah. What, I mean, do you watch, are you mostly watching yourself? Like, you know, again, yeah, here's what I did wrong. Here are the things I did against Or Are you someone, like now you mention it, maybe you'll watch the film with someone you're going to play shortly. Is there a player you watch and you go, hey, like, I'd like to take something from that. I think I could, I see what she's doing and I think I could apply that to my game. Um, Not so much of that. I normally, uh, before I play someone, I'll watch just to see how they hit. Sure. Um, but I more so watch myself because that's more controllable than what the other girl's doing. And um, I think that helps a little bit more for me, at least, than watching the other players. Mm-hmm. And in that, well, you know, you talk about those controllables for you. Again, I know clay court's on the horizon, but you're now top 100. And, you know, to your point, you want to continue to test yourself against the best. What are the things you're focused on here in the short term in you know, or long-term either way, you know, improving in your game? What are the things you are working on specifically to say, okay, this is, you know, this is, this is what I need to improve to continue to stay on this pace. I think, um, you know, I've been working on my serve a little bit, but at the end of the day, I think it's, it's more mental than my game now, uh, maintaining that level the whole time, um, you know, and not having those, roller coaster matches where my lows are lows and my highs are highs. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the biggest thing right now. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. How, how do you practice that? Like, how do you go about like in your practice today? How do you go about sustaining, like working on sustaining that level? Yeah. Like today I hit for three hours straight, um, okay. you know, and when I started tiring out towards the end, it's instead of me, you know, going to look to slap balls around and, and end points and whatever, and just, hit the ball to hit the ball, I almost have to find myself concentrating more and looking to just put the ball on the court deep and, and work the point even more instead of trying to get out of it. And I think that's helped a lot. Mm-hmm. How is just because you're now based out of Florida, right? Yeah. So I, I train here. Mm-hmm. How is that move? What what led to that decision? Um, My coach, Gabby, he's down yeah. here in Brayton and I love Cincinnati, but uh, you can't you can't train there in the winter or the fall, and sometimes early spring. It's all indoor tennis, you know, so you you can't hit on clay, can't hit on hard, so it's it's tough. But I go back there when I can. Uh, but you know, Florida just has all the resources. There's a lot of players to hit with. It's kind of hard not to. Are you working out of IMG? No, no, I work okay. down the street actually from IMG. Okay, sure, but plenty of players Bradington Sarasota there's a lot of good players in that area no doubt yeah there's a ton 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, no, I'm sure the hitting is. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure you're getting the fix in, to to say <laughs> the least. And you know, again, with all that in mind, a couple more questions. To let you go. You mentioned uh, Gab and your coach and your coaching situation. How'd you go about finding him? And you know, again, talk to me about how he's helped in this transition for you in the pros. He's helped so so much with my game. Like it's crazy. Um, I think I've always had the game style and the weapons and whatnot to be where I am right now. But I don't think anyone's ever taught me um, certain aspects of the game like he has. And we really just click on court and what he says just really meshes with what, you know, how I listen to him. And I met him um, as a junior and, you know, the tennis world is very small. Um, during COVID, my family, towards the end before I went to college as a freshman, we came down here twice to vacation in this area and they love it down here. That's why I'm now based out of here as well. But um, I hit with him. And then when I was leaving college, I was like, I need, you know, someone to hit with down in Florida. And he was willing to work with me and it, worked out amazing <laughs> yeah no that's what I was most fascinated is like how do you because to your point like I, I know he wasn't an Ohio guy and how you go about finding someone like him and saying hey like I think you are the voice for me to listen to that's always a fascinating process so that's interesting to hear and will he be with you on the road when you go over to Europe and come up with you to Charleston yes uh he won't be in Charleston but he will be over in Europe mm-hmm. but he's he's awesome you know um He's told me things that, like, I've never heard before on the tennis court, and I know it amazes him sometimes. He'll tell me something, and I'm like, I've never been told that before. And he's just like, that's insane. Yeah, no, it's fun to hear. And obviously, again, uh, before I let you go, with all the success that's come recently, you make your first tour-level final. I'm sure winning that title is on the list of goals. I'm sure cracking the top 100 was as well. You are now in that ranking um, you, you've now accomplished that. Do you reassess the goals? Do you make lists, things like that for each and every season? Or are you someone who, again, is more focused on the day by day? Um, I usually like have a long-term goal. So when I left school last year and I started playing the events, I had told myself, I think when I left school, I was like 500, um, cause I lost some points, but then I moved up to 300s pretty quickly. Uh, I wanted to be, I think it was top 200 or something like that. And I remember ending the year at 210 and I was like, okay, like that's pretty close. Started the year and I was like, I want to crack the top 150. Like within the first like month <laughs> yeah. and a half of the top 150. I was like, okay. I was like, by the end of this year, I want to be top 100. Um, I think that's very doable. You know, now that I'm there, I, I said, okay. Now my new goal is top 50 by the end of the year. <laughs> no, I like it. it. That's how it should be. Um, and obviously, it's a credit to you for all of the success that you've had that you are now there. You know, before I let you go, i got to ask you about the Texas women's tennis team, of course, as well. Have you been following from afar? Have you been watching the group? And what did it mean to you? I know they honored you in Austin. What did that mean to you? Yeah, the honoring was awesome. Um, that was That was really cool, you know that I got the Honda award they're naming all the awards that I won and I was like like that's a that's a lot but you know, <laughs> yeah. I think it's really cool that I was making history for the program and and hopefully more players follow that lead there and there's more NCAA titles coming up 
So I thought that was really neat. Mm -hmm. If you could play French Open or NCAs this year, what do you pick? French. (laughs) Yeah, that's the right answer. But, you know, again, I'm sure if you ask Howard, he'd be like, yeah, we'll take Peyton for the tournament. That's fine. We'll throw her in at one. We'll see what happens from there. Um, No, I – I mean, again, it's uh, it's been such a it's been so fun for me to get to watch and see your continued success. And obviously, again, it's a major credit to all of the hard work that you've put in. And always appreciate you taking the time to check in with us. So, Peyton, congratulations on top 100, first WTA final. You know, again, I'll 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 still wait to crown you before the first title, right? It, just to give you something to work towards. But no, yeah, it's been awesome to watch, and uh, congratulations to you. And obviously, tell the Stearns family I say hello. Absolutely, thank you. Hope all of you listeners enjoyed my conversation with a top 100 Peyton Stearns. Again, a massive congratulations to both Peyton and the Stearns family on all of their success. The Stearns family has been far too kind to our Crack Rackets team over the years. That's why it brings us such joy to see Peyton, see her, uh, see her, excuse me, achieve the success that she has so immediately in her professional career. And we all know the best is yet to come. So, of course, extremely exciting. Uh, Excited that we were able to check in with Peyton, and hopefully we'll be able to do it many more times on this podcast as the years continue. With all of that said, obviously, busy times right now in the tennis world. If you're looking for everything that's happening in the clay court season on the ATP and WTA Tour, head on over to our mini break podcast feed. If you're looking for updates on the Challenger Tour, the college tennis world, head on over to our Great Shot podcast feed. All of that content available wherever you listen to your shows or on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content content possible. A massive thank you to our friends at Turna as well. So excited to have them back as a part of our team. And of course, you can try their latest innovation, the Turna Tough Grip today. With all of that said, for the fantastic Top 100 Peyton Stearns, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.